Anyway, so this guy decides to go to Ireland. Why? Because, you know, he's, he's, that's where his grandparents are, and he wants to visit uh, his homeland country and wants to explore it. He's so excited about it. He's heard so many great stories. Anyway, so he goes to Ireland, and um, he lands in the airport, and uh, right away he wants to try all things Irish, right? So what better way to do that than go to the nearest pub, right? You know, Irish and drinking and beer and Guinness and all that stuff. So as he's going to the pub, he sees this homeless guy, uh, and he's fishing, you know, and he's looking down on his luck, and, you know, there's, there's nothing, you know, he, does, he seems to be pretty, pretty down and out. So he invites this homeless guy to, you know, hey, listen, buddy, he's feeling very charitable. Come with me. I'll get you a beer, and, you know, we'll kind of talk about things and everything else. So they go. He grabs the beer. He buys the other guy a beer. They get another round, and they're talking, and the guy, the, the, the bum, the homeless guy is talking a storm about Irish history and how good it is and everything else. And um, so the guy, the, the, the original guy who's there, the American, says, oh, I, I see that you were fishing. Uh, you know, uh, any, any bites so far? And he goes, yeah, you're about the fifth one this morning. <laughs> you like that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he's make sure to be near the airport, right, for all the right. suckers. Anyway, I I like this joke, and by the way, this was given to me from a, a, a you know somebody who's become a friend and a, and a client, and I, I like this one because it really it speaks about how we get suckered into believing one thing rather than another, right? I mean, it, it reminds me of that phrase "useful idiots," right? When when Lenin referred to the Americans who were coming by to support the communist revolution. And he knew what the communist revolution was all about. It was about power and, and greed, uh, using communism as a foil. And these, these American suckers who thought they were doing one thing, but of course, delivering another. And that's, that's what this joke you know, makes me, uh, what, what resonates so much for me by this joke. Um, and, and I think about how the Democrats themselves are just so, right? That, that those who support the Democrats, uh, the, the Hillary Clinton for that matter, she's just like that, that drunk homeless guy that is just bringing in these people, suckering them in. You know, she's reeling them one at a time. That is such a brilliant point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, well, it's women's rights. No, yeah. it's, it's peace. No, it's, it's yeah. equality for all. No, you idiots. It's her power. Right. She doesn't care about any of it. Exactly right. And, and by the way, if she thought making promises for lower taxes and free market economics would give her power, she would do it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's so true. Whatever works, right? That's, that's the Bill Clinton approach. You know, to some extent, you got to applaud him for that. But, but Hillary Clinton, no, no, no way. She's all about power. And she'll say whatever is necessary, just like the drunk guy said whatever he had to say in order to get him to, to give him the beer, right? So, and... And now I want to talk, I mean, this is kind of in relation to all that. I want to talk about, because it's, I find it so fascinating. I really think we'll be discussing this for years and years. This notion of how the Democratic base has been responding to the loss to Donald Trump in, in November's election. And good for today, here, here are the following things that they have said. And let me go through my list, and, and then I'll invite you to, to bring up anything else, if you can remember them, and I'm sure you will. One, of course, was that the Electoral College should be, you know, banished forever. And it, this is a terrible thing, you know, but for the Electoral College, the right person, Hillary Clinton, would be president now. And we'd be calling it, you know, her President Clinton, 
uh, President-elect Clinton. Um, <clears throat> then, of course, they, they claim that there was a recount, that there was uh, bad uh, counting in the first place, and that's what Jill Stein did. Of course, they, they had to use Jill Stein because Hillary Clinton herself had an agreement with Trump not to do that, so she's doing indirectly what she can't do directly, right? It's not allowed in law, by the way. It's a, it's a nice phrase in law. Um, and then, of course, uh, the argument that the Russians are actually influencing the election. Then there was the argument that Comey, wow, that bastard, he, he sure opened up the, the floodgates and, and basically revealed the truth. You know, he told the truth about me, and that's why I lost. <laughs> right? Right? Why didn't he continue hiding the truth from me, from, from all of us? <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> you phrased that so beautifully. He told the truth about me, and now I lost. Yeah. God darn him. Uh, and, and uh, of course, then there's also the, the fake news, right? All this fake news stuff. It's, it's boy, these, these bastards, they, they come up with these fake stories about me and otherwise, and, and uh, so it, it leads people astray, don't you know? All these Republicans are doing so. Um, and then you have the riots, right? And then you have uh, people um, boycotting things as well, um, you know, demanding uh, responses, shouting people down. It's, it's all part of the same framework, right? They, it's, it's really quite extraordinary when you think about the spore, uh, what is it, uh, sore loser uh, response that they have. And here's, <clears throat> here's a question I have for you. <clears throat> we talked a long time ago in one of our podcasts. If you were a parent, wouldn't you prefer your child to announce to you that he had become a conservative as opposed to a liberal? And, and, and we, we argued, and I think correctly, that as a parent, you actually want to hear your child say that because it means that he believes in standards. He believes in not doing drugs. He believes in, in uh, fighting for, for uh, justice and freedom. It means that he believes in family. All the values that you supposedly espouse, but he, he believes it as a political cause. He, he likes it that much. For, for you to be upset as a Democrat parent that they're becoming conservative, I always wondered about that. I wondered... I think I'd be thrilled that my child would become a conservative. Like the Alex P. Keaton character in Family Ties, right? Uh, that the parents were, that that was the yeah, shtick yeah, of the, the show. The parents are two hippies, and then they have this Reaganite teenager right. who is straight as an arrow. And right. what is not to love about that? Yeah, your he, point. <laughs> yeah I mean, he, he's not going to do drugs. I mean, if, he, if he's a true conservative, he probably is not doing drugs. Probably. Probably not smoking cigarettes. Probably not cheating. Probably um, appreciates the value of hard work. These treating, are good things. Is not going to wild and crazy parties. Is not listening to rap music. Is right. just treating his girlfriend well and not having um, uh, inappropriate relations with her until they're married, or you know, all right. those kind of values. Exactly right. So here's here's my takeaway on that. I mean, kind of, I'm extending that a little bit. The reaction that you're seeing from the Democrats to the Donald Trump victory, this sore loser approach that they have, you would never ever encourage your kids to handle a loss like they're doing right now, right? You, you would never say that. Brilliant. Right? Yes. Oh, thank Brilliant you. Brilliant point. I, I mean, if you're, be, <clears throat> if you're well, a child... More than that, and I, I can't speak as a modern liberal because I, I, I know I used to be a, a wackadoo and, and have some of those uh, values, but I, I don't know if I, I could come close to the irrationality of today. Right. But whether it was then or now, with the mentality of 20 years ago or today, right. I would be mortified if a child of mine behaved that way if they lost a game of checkers or lost a national election or anything in between. Right. Mortified. Yeah, that's I right. I couldn't imagine it. 
And no matter how old they were, whether they were three or 30, I'd say, get over here right now, and I'd have a very stern word <laughs> with them. Well, look, <clears throat> uh, my, my children play in sports. I used to play in sports. And it, it never dawned on me to, to say, the reason why we lost the team is the other, other team cheated. Now, one of my children said that uh, in, in one of the games. This is about three years ago. And he did say, well, the other, they were cheating. And I said, come over here. You never say that again, ever. Okay? You lost fair and square. You play with the same rules. And if you perceive them to be cheating, you do whatever you can to make sure that it's called out or that you, you do whatever you can to make sure that they don't win because of their cheating. But don't ever, ever say that again. And he understood. This is about winning and losing, and if you do lose, as all of us will at some point, whether in a sports game or politics or, or law for that matter or, or life and love, you, you just you have to pick yourself up from the bootstraps, shake off the, the dust, and say, how can I do it better next time? How can I not have this happen to me again? Or better yet, what can I learn from this? That's what you do, but you don't point fingers at everyone else, <clears throat> and this litany of, of things that I've given you, and by the way, if you think of anything else uh, that are specific to that and how they responded, I'd love to hear it, but I think that's a lot. Well, I think <clears throat> the one that you didn't say directly sure. that needs saying is the method of her concession the night of. Oh. Sending Podesta out. Yeah, that's true. And saying to the crowd, we don't have any more <clears throat> information for you tomorrow or tonight, so we'll, we'll tell you something tomorrow. To not send her out on election <clears throat> night... Even right. if she's not conceding, show your face. I agree with you, but I mean, she she was to me. It was clear that she was bawling her eyes out. She was in a in a temper tantrum. She was drunk, <laughs> probably. That's right, would you? Uh, you know what? I don't know about the yeah. drunk part of it, but I do know. I'm I'm very confident that she was in a fit of rage, and she wasn't about to go out there. She was. You know, that's what she was revealing about herself, and and I, I thought for shame. You know, you here you are. Miss 3 a.m. phone call. <laughs> well, that, no, no, not that. Here you are presenting yourself as the first female candidate for a major national party. And not only that, but that you might be the, you are likely going to be the first female president. And, and you do the one thing that a man would never do. He would never say, well, I'm just so tormented by my loss here that I, I'm going to send out my my." you know, future chief of staff or whoever it might be, my, my main advisor here. The, the man in my life. <clears throat> right. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It was, yes. it was it, anyway, it, it's such a contemptible way of handling it. I agree. But, but put it, let's put that aside because it's really more of a tactic sort of thing. I'm talking about the general approaches. Every single step of the way, whether it's the electoral call ch challenge and whether they're yelling shame at people or whether they're throwing, um, well, uh, throwing uh, bottles yeah, and, 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 and rioting in the streets. Yeah. Uh, about about and beating up people. I forgot about that. Beating up people right. who are Trump voters and threatening the electors right. of the electoral college. Oh, good point. And because that's tan that's a felony. I mean, that's tantamount to to threatening an elected official. Right. Two things you don't do in America is bribe an elected official or threaten them to get a result. Right. That's right. Well, not only, and then of course there's also the false stories of being beaten up by Trump supporters. Right? Yes. The the stories about uh, you know you know writing swastikas uh, on uh, in a church. Done by two liberal students in in that, in Notre Dame, I believe it was, trying to make it seem as if you know the, the fascism of Trump is is descending upon us and we should all be afraid. Yeah, and all the uh, hijab wearing <clears throat> women reporting yes. fake attacks. Yeah, uh, so th this is the kind of stuff they do now. So I said, I, be I began this this part of the podcast by saying, you know, would you 
wouldn't you want your child to announce to you that he's conservative? Wouldn't you actually be a little bit pleased by that? Even though you may not necessarily hold the same conservative values and such like that, and you, you won't vote for a conservative, but don't you kind of want him secretly to be that way? Um, and the same way, I'm asking, would you, would you want your children to behave like this in any way, shape, or form toward any loss that they ever suffered in their life at all? Right? Just, just name me one occasion where you think that any of those things are appropriate. Okay? Kids have a, a, a presidential race, 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 and in, in schools sometimes, you know, vote for Johnny, yeah, class president, class president yeah. and, and Johnny loses. What are you going to do as a parent? You're going to say, oh, my, that, that ain't right. And you go to the principal and you say, I demand a recount. And, you know, this is very important for Johnny and his self-esteem. You would not do that. You would say, well, Johnny, you lost. You know, by two votes, 20 votes, 200 votes. It doesn't matter. You, you would say, all right, well, good for you. You tried. I respect you. That's about it. And, and think about how <laughs> maybe you and, I, you and I joked about it offline at one point. But there was a, um, a Super Bowl, I think. It was, it was, you know, from last year. And, of course, the Super Bowl has not yet been played for, the, for this coming year, 2017. But, um, who, well, I know that you know who played last year. Who played last year? In the... the Denver Broncos beat the Carolina Panthers. Okay. So can you imagine the Panthers going, you know, they always go to the, 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 the microphone, right? Afterwards. Press conference. Yeah. And uh, the quarterback or the coach of the Panthers would said the following. Well, you know, we put our, it was an honor to play against the Denver Broncos. They just put up a great game. You know, wow, what a defense, what a great offensive. It was, uh, it was an honor. And, uh, you know, we just didn't have it within us today. But uh, kudos to the Broncos. And we're just so grateful that we were able to play against such a great team. And we hope we see them next year in the yeah, same Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Better luck next year. And, uh, again, congratulations to the Broncos. That's, that's what you hear, right? And yes. you think Class E. Two syllables. Class E, right? <laughs> and... But you would never hear them say, well, you know, we, we think that... Uh, well, we <clears throat> scored more popular points. <laughs> That's another story altogether. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, the, the referees were clearly in the tank for, you know, the, the Broncos. Uh, you know, I, and we know that they switched the balls on us so that, we had, that they had easier balls to grasp than we did. And, uh, you know, the yardage was always one yardage less for us than it was for them. I mean, you can go on and on like this. And we really want to recount and we want to replay this entire damn game and, and I of course it's been video the whole thing and we want to study it and we want to go to a three judge panel on this thing and if that doesn't work for us we're going to take it all the way to the Supreme Court and by the way have a team that wasn't in the Super Bowl ask them to recount the points <laughs> that's true <laughs> I love that anyway I mean if you I mean it's so absurd this, right, this notion it, it is. right and 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 yeah. every single person watching them because usually sports you know uh, Colin Kaepernick notwithstanding Sports is supposed to be so apolitical, right? Um, and, and Republicans and conservatives alike, they appreciate the, the first speech that I gave of the losing uh, team, right? You know, good for them. Congratulations to them. And we all say classy. That's great stuff. But, but not so. When it comes to politics, somehow everything changes because it's so important to them that Trump not be elected. And then, and then here's another thing that they say, by the way, that... The, the, the country has turned racist and sexist, right? That's a big, big response to this whole election, was that the, the sexists have won, the Islamophobes have, have won, fear has won. You've heard this over and over again. And you would never expect your child to do this. You'd be embarrassed if your child did this. Mortified, yeah. horrified, shocked, a, a point of considering disownership and, and 
considering asking myself, my God, where did I go wrong in my parenting? Was I that bad of a parent? Right. That I raised That's what a I child <clears throat> so devoid? What did I do? Yeah. It, it would be embarrassing. That's a great way of putting it. What did I do? You would, you would be internalizing the problem as a parent if, you, if your kid did the same thing. Here's the thing that I, I've been speaking about to my liberal friends as well about their response to this. And I said, look, look you really need to internalize this and you need to ask yourself, where did we go wrong? Why was it that we lost? Put aside all the garbage. No, let's go there. Crap of racism and sexism and, and all the claims. And suddenly the country went crazy because they didn't vote for your, your person. The same people who voted for a black guy twice, four and eight years right. ago. Yeah, but now so we're racist. Yeah, yeah, we're a all, white woman. Yeah, we're, we're all good. Yeah. <laughs> we're all back to the way it was. You know, Jim Crow, here we come. Um, anyway, so that, that is the argument that they have. So put aside all those things. All right. And now you, you, you have to, you don't internalize the issue. You don't ask yourself, why did we lose? Maybe it was the messaging, right? It could be, could it be also that we were tired of Obama and that, that Trump himself is evidence that, that we were so sick of Obama that we, we, that he poisoned us against all politicians, run of the mill politicians at least. And we, we voted for this crazy outsider, Donald Trump. You yeah, know, trying uh, something totally new. Totally you know different. what I'm going to have today? A V8. <laughs> That's, That's right. what we're going totally to have. Different. We're right. going to have vegetable juice. Yeah. We're so sick of Coke. We're so sick of Pepsi. We're going to have some vegetable juice. Right. That's how sick of Coke it's and just, Pepsi we it's are. Just, we just have to be different. <laughs> right. We're tired of this. <laughs> and so, because Coke and Pepsi taste awful close to the same to each other. Right. <laughs> Tomato juice, no. <laughs> right. Uh, it's, it's, it's so silly. But so they don't internalize it. And people who don't internalize the problems, like, like, like I just explained about the, the quarterback or the coach of the Panthers, they, they, they will never improve, right? They'll ne never get a shot at understanding why they lost, you know, never studying it deeply. You need to look at the video, not for, for the sake of seeing that it was 10 yards versus 9 yards, but rather uh, to look at the video to see where you went wrong. Where you you yeah, where you, you, you were clumps yeah. like in last year's Super Bowl game, you know, as someone who knows every play, yes. there were two plays where Von Miller of the uh, Broncos sacked Cam Newton of the Panthers violently and forced him to fumble, and both times the Broncos recovered the ball. So imagine if the Panthers said to themselves, you know what, the way our right tackle blocked Von Miller, ah, that doesn't matter. Right, of course, it's absurd. <laughs> yeah. It, okay, so it, you have to you have to internalize yeah. in order to go forward. And I said, not only will you not, here, here's the double problem you have. And I said this directly to my liberal friends. You have two problems. One is that you'll never learn. You'll never improve. And I, and I want you guys to improve. I want you to have a really strong, viable party. I want you to have a non-corrupt party because your party right now is very corrupt. Any party that can sideline Bernie Sanders, you know, whether or not he was going to win the nomination, whatever. Yeah, that was the hacking, by the that, way. That's true hacking. Uh, but, but that was vicious and was wrong. Okay, just, you know, just like Nixon was going to win um, 1972, but Watergate was all about his effort to ensure that he would win 1972, right? But he won yeah. by a landslide anyway. It, it, it wouldn't have mattered. That's not the point. The point, it doesn't excuse the, the underlying crime. And likewise, the crime of ousting Bernie Sanders as, as he was, sidelining him and, and humiliating him in the process, uh, that, that wasn't right. It was corrupt. Okay, so you'll never you'll never get out of your corruption. You'll never you'll always kind of just do the same old tired song. Just to use your example of the sacking from by the Panthers or by the Broncos to the Panthers, they'll they'll never understand how not to get sacked. 
That's right. right. Where, 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 where will you learn from this? What message are you going to go? So four years from now, in 2020, when the campaign is in full swing, uh, less than four years from now, uh, you're going to be arguing what exactly? Oh, we're here for the small guy. And they'll, they'll, they'll take a story of some guy that was fired from his bakery position and uh, he's got his medical bills and he's a veteran and they'll, they'll play it all. It's, it's exactly the same thing. They will not have a different message. Nothing. And to the extent they do have a different message, it'll be a message like Bernie Sanders' message, which is America sucks <laughs> and, we, and Russia, mwah, magnifique. Yeah, and, and for all we know, if this party doesn't change, they, they might even run uh, Hillary Clinton again for all we know. Oh, please, God, please do. But a, a very important Third point. Third time's a charm. Right. <laughs> a very important point. Or a strikeout. It has to do with peaceful mm. transitions of power. Because yeah. as a, you know how you said a minute ago, we want a strong Democrat party. We do. Preferably uncorrupt. Preferably with less leftist tendencies than the current version has. But... As conservatives and as Republicans, it's very important to us to have a strong, viable Democrat party for the very simple reason. Because if there isn't, there is no check or balance to keep our conservative Republican party from going off the rails and turning into a tyrannous party. Of course, of okay? course. Okay? And we understand every four years there's another Super Bowl to play. That's right. Right? There's another game coming up. Mm -hmm. And the way Democrats are acting is they're acting as if there isn't another game coming up, which reveals two important things. Number one, their general ignorance of all things. And number two, their desire for there never to have another game coming up. Their desire for there to only be one elect like one bathroom, one song, right, right. one election, <clears throat> right. and, and have that election right. have permanent control over the country forever. Well, and that's, that's and how flimsy was, and this is the last point about it, and how flimsy was Obama's eight years if one little peaceful transfer of power to the other party temporarily until you guys regroup in two and four years, yeah. is that really going to damage this <clears throat> wonderful Right, you can't withstand a, a, you know, a blip like Donald Trump. Yeah, in four, your years, four years of, <clears throat> of a buffoon like Trump. Right, right. If you can't withstand that, that's a very good point. Um, you know, the, 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 it, he, they fail to understand that not only do they, by not internalizing, they will never improve themselves. And the fact is that we want a strong Democratic Party because that brings the best out in us as a Republican Party, too. It's much more simple than all this. It's like if I want to play tennis, I want to play against a, a good tennis player. Never, you never say, I want to just, you know, I want some beginner and just wallop them with a, an ace for every serve. Yeah, right. I that's feel good about my myself. four-year-old is. She just wants to win. She doesn't care about it. But right. that's because she's four. Right. But you want a good game, <laughs> right? right? By definition, you want a good game. And, and look, it, the, the analogy breaks down because we're not really talking about a game per se, right? Because I can see my liberal friends saying, oh, you think it's all a game, Mr. Larry? Okay, this is, this, is how they, this is how they argue. But the, the point is that politics is, of course, it's not a game. But the one part of it, the tennis example I just gave you that is apt is the fact that a, a strong opponent makes you a better um, uh, politician. And for that matter, makes me a better lawyer when I have a good attorney on the other side. It's good for all of us because then we, we streamline the issues, we focus and we're efficient together, and we all ultimately resolve things in a bipartisan way. Mm. Where, where have we heard that phrase mm, before? Interesting. And, and the analogy does not fully fall on its face because there are two things that the sports and politics have in common. And no, it's not a game to us. But the fact is there is a winner in sports, in games, and in politics. Sure. And there is a contest. 
in sports, games, and politics, i.e. the game or contest itself. Yeah. There was a, game, a, 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 a contest in which um, mm-hmm. two people presented different strategies to win, and one of them won. Simple as that. Right. Here, here's, here's the other thing. I said uh, there are two things that were coming from this, right? One is that they will never improve. The second thing, and it's much more subtle, and I said this to a couple of people and because it was so obvious to me. I said, you're going to lose people because of this. Yeah. You, you, there, are, there are many of Democrats who voted for Hillary who, uh, you know, they, vote, they, they were comfortable voting for her. They felt the first woman president, whatever it was that, that resonated for, for them, fine. But this, this, this childish and, frankly, evil response, the, the lying behind it, I would say, I don't want to be any part of this this nonsense. It's so distasteful to me. That's right. I, and and I and I would say to myself, do the just out of curiosity, do, have the Republicans ever actually acted like this before? And and I would study it, and I would say, you know, come to think of it, I, I I'm sure there's a couple of people, of course, but as a as a national movement in response to a presidential election, have we had this kind of crybaby behavior before among the Republicans? And and that person will search and search and find no examples of it. Thomas Dewey, I do not remember in 1948, it, you know, I was not alive then, but I, there was an election in 1948, and all the headlines said, Dewey defeats Truman, and he, well, he, it went the other way. I don't remember one photograph from any paper of that era showing Thomas Dewey in tears. Yeah, that's true. Or having a temper tantrum. Or saying, turn on, like the end of trading places, right. turn those machines back on. Right. <laughs> right. Then the other example is uh, 1960 with Kennedy Nixon, and you know Nixon, uh, Illinois was stolen from from him, and it's kind of clear. But Nixon handled it in a very gracious way, and he let it go. He didn't fight it. They specifically chose not to recount yeah. it for the good of the country. For the good of the country, because there was back in a time when people thought that way, right. and there still is. <clears throat> uh, but it's only in our party now. Right. And then, of course, they'll go to the third one, which we're thinking about, which is 2000, right, with the election vis-a-vis Florida. And the specific uh, – it was only Florida that was an issue at that, at that point. And the recount and such. And then they say, well, it's only because um, Bush uh, took it to the Supreme Court. Well, no, not quite, my friend. Gore took it. He initiated the litigation. And then we have to appeal that, litiga- that litigation. And that was only about the, the, uh, the demand to – allow the recount to continue or to stop it or whatever. And only in a couple <clears throat> select counties, right. too, yeah. that so, favored him. Right. So it's not as if, it, to, to get to the, back to the main mission, which is, did, did the Republicans ever do something similar? The answer is no. Well, there is the, one example. But, but hang on. Yeah. The, in that case, in 2000, the Democrats were the one who actually I- invoked the ju- judicial process. We just finished it. You know, you, you want to start the fight? We'll finish it. Yeah, what are okay. we supposed to do? Not show up? Yeah, I, know you guys, I know the media wants us not right. to, but... It, yeah, the same thing with Norm Coleman, right? I mean, right. That, that was an example of where they, they did start the fight, and we didn't show up, as it were. And again, I mean, he, he did the Nixon thing, which is, okay, for the better of the country, or whatever it was. Well, he ran out of money. He probably ran so, out of money. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> for the betterment of his wallet. But no matter, the point is, they didn't play any, dirty, any of these dirty tricks or any of these psychological games or claims of racism and sexism and otherwise. Well, I want to give one example to that, to what you're talking about, which is in 2012. On, on the night of that election, Karl Rove of Fox News hears the Ohio election results and starts screeching, that's impossible. They cut to commercial really fast. When they come back from commercial, Rove is not on the set anymore. 
It was clear weeks later when they discovered people, it, poll workers in those counties of, in precincts in Ohio were voting 60, 70, 80 times. In fact, a couple mm -hmm. women were convicted of voting 80 or 90 wow. times. Wow. But Romney never challenged yeah. the results. Right. He could have, but mm -hmm. he didn't. Yeah. Again, for the good of the country. So even when Republicans have a clear uh, chance of winning these challenges, they concede with class and dignity, right. knowing in four years there's going to be another contest. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, I want to and I want to make one quick point about the list of things you brought up at the beginning: the Russian hacking, the Electoral College, um, racism, the, sexism, the racism, James Comey, beating and, up Trump, uh, beating up Trump and, supporters, and the hacking. Mm. Those five things. Okay. If Hillary won the popular vote. How effective was the Russian hacking? How effective was the email hacking? How effective was James Comey? That's a really good point, Ari. That's a really good point. If they want to trot out that, trot out that uh, she, you know, clearly the, the will of the people is such, well, then maybe, maybe that's a great point. Maybe it wasn't so effective after all. Right. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> the Russians didn't control, <laughs> do mind control the people. Right, yeah. They, they put something in the water, right? Yeah, maybe. It's much simpler than that, which is Hillary forgot to show up in Wisconsin and Michigan, I love which it. she did. <laughs> yeah. It was just you know, and, and, bad strategy at the end of the day. You know, I played a lot of chess. In fact, we're looking at a chessboard right now as we speak. Uh, I have one in my office because I love the game of chess. I think it's so sim symbolic and so illustrative of the way we need to comport ourselves. It's a d delightful, uh, fascinating intellectual game. I commend it to anybody who wants to uh, be in control of their emotions, who wants to be more successful in business, who wants to understand how to, to, to beat the opposition in a legal battle, and otherwise to be uh, mature and enjoy a happy life. Otherwise, it's a horrible game. Right, because every time you beat me badly, I do have a temper tantrum, I have to say. <laughs> uh, anyway, the, the point is that she played a very bad chess game. Yes. And she just kind of moved around the pieces, and you know, it's the equivalent of just moving around stuff. And then wondering why she's been checkmated. You know, it's like, well, because you didn't have a plan, man. That's it. It's like she thought that she had already won the game. So imagine just moving a knight back and forth from its starting yes, position that's to what its she did. landing position eight times. And oh, how did I lose? Right. Or, or she moved the queen to an area that, 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 that where the battle's not being played at all. Like, right. oh, I'll just visit this other side of the board. This, this is the right side of the board now. I'm really enjoying it here in West L.A. and <laughs> Brentwood and the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Right. Why should I go to? Michigan. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just hysterical. <laughs> and, and, you but, know, they, they also never point out, before the election happened on November 8th, both contestants, the major ones, had agreed that the rules were to win the Electoral College. Of course. It, the, the popular vote was not what they were, um, if you will, playing for right. until November 9th. Right. Well, it's like we said in our last uh, podcast, I think it was, Dan, the way that they argue it is, is that the, the popular vote is what really counts somehow. That's like saying, like a football player throwing the football into the stands and saying, look, if this were baseball, that would be a home run, right? <laughs> you like that? All right, folks, don't go away. We'll be right back.
Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, your client loaned $100,000 to a former business partner to use to flip properties, but the former partner used the money to pay off his own personal debts. Yeah, Dennis, the challenge here was that the defendant claimed to not have any money. Even his own lawyer claimed the defendant wasn't paying him. So how did you resolve it? Well, we put his money where his mouth was, asking, why don't you just agree to stipulate to a judgment? That would save our client and his tens of thousands of dollars pursuing this matter in court. Now my client has a judgment as though he had gone to trial and won. Well, that's another real success. Folks, I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie and Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now listen to the Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM870, The Answer. We were talking before about how people are actually going to be leaving the Democratic Party. And I, I realized I didn't really quite finish up on it because it's fascinating to me. Fascinating that you can't understand the morale of your people and that all you're telling them is that they are somehow collectively all victims. And, and nobody wants to be a victim. There are a lot of people in the Democratic Party who don't think the way that you do. They get tired of it. There are actually some conservative Democrats. They still vote for Hillary Clinton, but they, in their mind's eye, they, they view themselves as conservatives. They, they hold conservative values, and just, they're just not voting conservative. But they, they believe in hard work. They believe in fair play. They believe, hey, look, if, if no one's done anything wrong, well, then by golly, you know, they won fair and square and be done with it. And so to, to that kind of person, and, and I like to believe, and I think I'm right, that a lot of Democrats are like that. They're silent. They're quiet. They don't, they're not on the streets. They're not the ones rioting. They're not the ones uh, beating up people. They're not ones boycotting people for voting for Trump. They're not the ones faking uh, Trump um, you know, hate crimes and such like that. They're not doing that. They're just regular Joes and Janes like you and me. They're you know, not the and, ones going on a Delta flight with an iPhone camera, right. creating a terrorist incident. Yeah, creating fear among them. Saying, see, Delta's racist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're not the ones. that They actually have jobs, right? So I could read it crazy. Don't even get me started on that one. But <laughs> That better be on the Sunday show. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, we'll see. No, there's, there's too much to talk about. That's, that's how crazy it is. But anyway, um, you have all this. And, and you're this moderate Democratic voter who has the values I just spoke about. And then you just see a bunch of these crybabies, and you're embarrassed by this. I, and I say to them, aren't you embarrassed? Really, just, just be, be true. Be true with yourself and be true to me. Aren't you embarrassed? When, when you heard that those, those fake Trump hate crimes were, were indeed fake, didn't they just kind of say, ooh, ah, don't like that. I hope that's only one. How, do I, how am I going to deal with this with my conservative friends? Or, you know, when, they, when Jill Stein did the recount and found out that, in fact, it was 131 more votes for Trump than, than before. Or that most of Detroit was fraudulently for right. Hillary Wasn't, Yeah, exactly. Wasn't that embarrassing to you? Like, ooh, I just wish you didn't go there. And then all the claims <laughs> of racism and sexism, and then the challenging, and when they challenged electoral things, and they threatened the electoral college uh, voters, uh, uh, electors, and uh, they said, for shame, for shame, in, in Wyoming, I think it was, or Colorado. I, you got to be embarrassed. 
And in fact, I think you'd be so embarrassed. I think so many, so many of them, not, not a few, not a handful, a lot, will say, I'm going to revisit my whole attitude toward my party. I'm embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed with these people. I don't want to be with them. Think of it this way. You're with, you know, you've been with a husband, a wife, whatever, your spouse for a long time. And it's been kind of, uh, you, you, you're loyal to them. You know, you've only slept with that person the entire time. You even have a kid or two with them. But it's just been one embarrassing moment after the other. And after a while, it gets so embarrassing. And at some point you say, I don't know if, I mean, I'm going to start looking at other guys. Right? In fact, I, I may, I may want to no, separate. No, you should be looking at other girls. Okay. I'm just saying, the woman and the... the oh, the woman. Yes, okay. yes, okay. Well, I have to be, you know, <laughs> I have to be so tolerant now. I, I, I should be using that... Uh, that, that new pronoun for both she and he, whatever that is, Z. I think it was Z, right? Okay, whatever, whatever. Let's not. Let's got to go down that path. <laughs> I don't know if I could work under these conditions. Anywho, we we have. Uh, you know, you would be embarrassed, and at some point, you just say enough, enough. Yeah, I, I can't. And, and I'm really sorry. I can't be seen with you anymore. I can't be anymore. seen with you. It's just too much for me. You are embarrassing me over and over again. Yeah, and it happens. And it's not just. You know, it's a great example. Yeah, and by marriage, the way, I'm I'm but, sorry that that I'm personalizing the story for, for, with you and your wife, Ari. But I, I thought, it, oh, oh, you didn't want me to talk no, about I, that. No, I okay. understand. But I was actually gonna. It's one thing about married couple, but even simpler, high school. Yeah. How many times have you seen in a John Hughes movie, someone is trying to be friends in high school with someone else, and they're just behaving off the. Re- I can't be seen with you anymore. Yeah, that's exactly right. You're wrecking right. my reputation. Yeah. This is what's happening to a lot of Democrats, and and the Democrats are so insular, and so uh, the the elites of the, the Democrats are so insular that no one's shouting from the rooftops. Let's cut this crap out. We, you know, that the kids are watching, right? The, you know, because they, they view the population as kids, right? As, right. as, as you know, um, e- easily immutable and easily shaped and molded uh, people. They're, they're like kids. They're little puppies for them. But guess what? The kids are watching. Democrat elites, and you're embarrassing them all. Okay, they don't want to be with you anymore. So I, I suspect that a lot of them, you know how you, a lot of, there's a lot, a lot of 9-11 Republicans or conservatives, right? Yes. I, there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, November 2016 uh, Republicans. And, and you'll hear them say, well, why did you become a Republican? Right after Trump became a president, oh, because you really like, you, you like uh, his views? No, I was just so embarrassed to be a Democrat. And the way they responded to his election. Yeah. That's what they'll be saying. And they'll be, you know, November 2016 Republicans. You'll see. You know, and we have a remarkable uh, ability on this show to predict things that will happen two years, five years, ten years. Maybe not with remarkable clarity, but we'll give you, we'll give you enough that it will actually be correct. Well, we have two advantages. First of all, we have a collective um, two of us, wealth yep. of of observational power, right? Okay, and number two, we have this database that you people out there are listening to now that contains all the past episodes. So when this rolls around, we will be able to dig this episode out of the archives, <laughs> right. And repost it and reshare it on social well, media no, yeah. with "I told you so." Well, no, but, but you can say that about a lot of uh, podcasts or people for them, commentators. Two people getting together, they are collective. They could be our respective ages and such, and say, "Well, you know, two heads are better than one." And no wonder that they're so so, so surprised, uh, so so uh, successful in predicting the future. But that's not the case here. Uh, it's different. You can have two guys from CNN. They predicted Hillary to win all day long. 
they predicted all sorts of uh, things that happening in the future, and they're always wrong. So what what makes a difference with us? I think that it's kind of like all those predictors that Trump would win, uh, that the factors that were involved, and you know, one guy made it, and and it was he was very accurate in terms of every county. He looked at social media, and what the answer was there, and the 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 impact and how much attention Trump was getting versus Hillary, and they were able to really kind of get a, a very clear win on that. Also, the fact that Trump had done so well in the Republican nomination versus Hillary and how she fared in her nomination. And so those two, that was a clear correlation for them. So in the same way, what factors apply for us to be able to predict these things and to see things as they will come? I think it's a combination of things, of course. Yes, it does help to have two minds. Yes, but that's maybe 10% of it. I think it's because we believe in consequences. I think the first thing we, we ask ourselves is, what are the consequences of an action? And what has caused us to be where we are today? Those are the two questions we ask. It's a, it's a future-looking and a past-looking uh, analysis for virtually everything, right? We, I remember we talked about pornography and the dangers of pornography, we called it. We, talked, we also talked about how pornography will become so mainstream, it'll be a, a regular profession like you might choose to be a secretary, you might choose to be a porn. It won't even be a porn star. You'll just be in the porn industry. You'll be a porn person. And, uh, and we, we predicted it with, I think, a great degree of accuracy because, well, we just saw the consequences. We saw the natural flow of things. And I think a lot of people, when they make their predictions, they make predictions based upon what they want the future to be, but not necessarily the way it's going to be. So anyway, I and, kind of... And, I've par- and, why, and, and a lot of people who make predictions who come up wrong usually don't factor in an accurate um, view of human nature into it. Right. And I think our conservatism gives us the window into human nature. The example is the, the way Democrats are behaving is a pure uh, lack of um, uh, control over their, their emotions, which is... Uh, been a flaw of human nature going back thousands of years. Yeah. It's primitive behaviors that you're saying. And I think one of the reasons we sort of called this is we've done several episodes and have several discussions about how uh, millennial behavior and, you know, sort of youth uh, culture in the last few years has drifted towards the primitive. Yeah. And the and the emotional, Ain't that the truth, yeah. And, you know, the, the piercings, the tattooings, the, the, the music that's rooted in primitive rhythms. Now, I'm not saying anything racist about rap music. I'm saying something totally obvious. And uh, it's led to, if you will, this primitive emotional response from the losing side, which is acting as if the winning party is going to... Acting like a victorious tribe in tribal warfare is going to put everyone's head on a stake. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so silly. Look, um, this, this sort of response, and, and uh, it, it's fascinating to us for a number of reasons. I'll, I'll wrap up the, the previous part of the conversation, which is about the predictions. Uh, we appreciate, I think what we do is we see the big picture, and then we can apply the big picture of the way things work into the, into the more specific. So, for example, we've given the prediction that Notre Dame will eventually become a mosque. That still hasn't come to fruition. We've given that, we gave it, um, a five-year window, uh, sorry, 15-year window approximately three years ago. So 12 years from now, we predict that within the next 12 years, uh, it's going to be a mosque. And, you know, a lot of people called in, uh, actually specifically emailed in to say, that sounds so crazy. You're really off your rocker there. And now people are beginning to say, I see it. 
I see it's going to happen. And, and the reason why we can say it so boldly is because to us it's so obvious. What happens, it's not because that particular, that, that Notre Dame in particular will be. It may not be Notre Dame. It may be another uh, very famous church like Westminster Abbey, which in fact is beginning to experience that right now. The reason why we know it, it's because we know human nature. And human nature, when, when people don't care about something, well, then the part of that does care about, about that will take over. Right? If, I, if I were to leave my office and leave the door open right, and say, I don't really care about my office anymore, my, my building. All right, so I've left it. Uh, but, and then should I be surprised that someone is eventually going to squat in my office and take over and take over my computers and maybe steal my computers? Why, why should I be surprised? That's human nature. That's what happens. And the same thing is true in Europe. When, when you don't give a, a darn about Christianity, you don't have any faith in God anymore, you don't have any passion anymore, well, then what that means is the people that do have passion, uh, i.e. The, the Islamists, are going to take over. That's the way it works. That's why it's not so, such a hard thing to predict. I don't think we're doing anything fantastic about predicting it. This is not like me, me uh, you know, you, you pull out a deck of cards and you pull out the top one and I say, I think it's the, the eight of spades. No, it's not like that. It's that I, that I know that the eight of spades is right there on top. That's why. Because I use deductive reasoning. That's why. And, okay, now this goes to our next point, and a point that Ari raised uh, during a break, and I, and I loved it, and is because in the previous part of this podcast, we talked about how, how stupid the, the elites are, uh, you know, the democratic elites, to not understand this basic principle that they are embarrassing themselves, that they look like losers, and they're not improving themselves in the process, right? And, and the things that they can believe and such. And Ari brought up a very good point, which was, what's worse, them or the people that who believe them, who are willing, you know, willing to believe them. And of course, the people who are willing to believe them, shame on them. You know, if you've been 55, uh, 60 years, 70 years on the planet, and you still believe this nonsense, aren't you embarrassed? I mean, every single liberal policy that's ever been adopted has, has failed. Has, has, not only has it failed, but it's actually backfired. And you, you still haven't put two and two together? And, and that's why climate change and global warming, whatever they call it now these days, you... You, you, you fully ascribe to it? I mean, it's one thing to believe in it, but then to, to then mock people who don't believe in it, who think that it's, it's questionable, and to, to dare to call them the equivalent of Holocaust deniers, and, and we're the stupid ones? You know, every single policy, every single, every single skies falling uh, scandal that you, or, or policy that you want to trot out, that has always failed, and, you, and we're the funny ones? We're the idiots for yeah. not believing it? Yeah, we're talking about things like we're on poverty, Welfare, yeah. Social Security, Obamacare. You can keep your doctor. You can keep your plan. Yeah. I promise. You'll you'll save twenty five hundred dollars a year. Every family will save money. You right. can keep your doctor. We're winning the war plan. against ISIS. We're winning the war against ISIS. <laughs> There's a red line in the sand. Russia will not cross it. Right. We're doing everything we can for Aleppo. Right. The, the stimulus is uh, is is ready and and, and everything is shovel ready and all. I mean, you can go on and on with this because uh, talk about the, the the fake news, right? I mean, they're the ones claiming that, that we're the ones adopting the fake news, excuse me, that you live by it. That's, that's the only reason why you succeed when you do succeed is because of the fake news. The whole, the whole Barack Obama presidency was, was the product of fake news, you, both by what you presented and what you omitted. You, you, what, do I, what do I mean by omitted? I mean things like the Reverend Wright thing. Right, you you quickly try to bury that because you knew you couldn't have it. You didn't have an answer to that. Yeah, 
Um, the, Bill Ayers. The, the Bill Ayers Tony thing. Tony Resco. Right. All, all, all <laughs> Sorry, I'm things. making lists again. <laughs> yeah, no, but there's too many of them. Father Flager, Louis Farrakhan. Well, you know. how, how about this? How about omitting, and, and you know, the LA Times still has the videotape yeah, of right. uh, Khalidi, I think yeah, is his Rashid name, right? Yeah, Khalidi's tape. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we know that Obama was there supporting uh, this this pro-Palestinian sympathizer, and uh, it, it cannot be a very pretty tape if the LA Times has sat on it for this long and refused to give it up. Clearly, they're in the tank for that. Tell me that's not fake news, right? You're, it's fake news because you're trying to present a reality that is opposite of what the, the omitted news would actually reveal, right? That's why we say, tell us the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, right? Emphasis on the whole truth part of it. Yeah. The whole truth means everything, not things that you choose to to bring in and, and not. And that's like a liar saying, uh, you know, I'm such a truthful guy, except for all the times that I've lied, which I will omit for, you know, from from presentation at this point. Or uh, the murderer who has murdered, uh, let's say, two people in his life, and it's horrible and horrific, but it doesn't tell you about those parts of his life because, and therefore, he's an upstanding citizen. It's it's. That's the fake news for you. Yeah, and, and this is not new, okay? No. Uh, oh, well, I think we're, when we were talking about when, we, when I first got here today, Walter Cronkite, the t- we, lost, we lost the Vietnam War. Right. We lost the Tet Offensive. Uh, or my favorite one is, of course, Richard Nixon lost the Tet Offensive in oh, 1968. Yeah. yeah, nice, nice He wasn't one. even president in 1968. That's right. He was president in 1969, January right. 1969. He got elected yes. in November, didn't take office until right. the next year. Yeah, but, yeah. but, <laughs> you know? but among but, friends, Ari. Right. I mean, right. you know. <laughs> but Walter Cronkite's always give us the whole real news. Yeah, they, they so believe. You see, that is an example of the people's willing... I would say willing suspension of disbelief to use an entertainment term, but it's not really quite accurate. It, their, their, their willingness to beguile themselves, to, to self-deceive, is that's what's so criminal about it. Because they want to believe that there is such a man like Walter Cronkite in their, in their mind's eye, right? That, that he was like, he's the equivalent of, of Honest Abe and George Washington to a conservative. But even a conservative knows that Washington was not a perfect man. You mean to a liberal? Uh, or, oh, no, no, to, to a conservative. A conservative a, a honest Abe yeah, or I, George Washington. I, I, George yeah. Washington and Honest Abe are, are heroes to me, right. not, not because they were perfect, but because they were imperfect and still did such extraordinary things. Yeah. That's why we like them. right? And Martin Luther King is a good example. Rosa Parks is a good example. Yeah, Jackie Robinson. Yeah, definitely not perfect yeah. people, but it's what they did uh, and, and how they fought themselves and the courageous behavior in spite of themselves that made them such wonderful yes, heroes. Yes, you're saying in Cronkite's case, he is that for the left the way Washington is. For yes, us. but yes. but Walter Cronkite was perfect. Yes. For them, yeah. you understand. And we're simply pointing out: listen, you don't realize it, but he probably had an agenda. Surprise, surprise. Not unlike the rest of you media folks. You, but but you have to just go back in time a little bit. You know, it's just a little bit. In the 60s and the 70s, and to some extent in the 80s, there was only three networks. And, and this before the pre-Watergate, everyone believed everything that the, the news told them. There was, so they were ripe for the plucking. Yeah, uh, the, 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 the viewership of, of Walter Cronkite, you know, whatever you say. And so if he was encouraged to say a certain way or to, say, to not pick up a story, that's what the nation believed. That's what, and, and so that resonated. And... Just like, um, what's his name, uh, Eugene McCarthy, you know, resonates today. 
still the same way as some sort of evil monster that that saw a monster. I mean, communist, Joseph uh, Sorry, Joseph McCarthy, that he um, he saw communist monsters infiltrating the government, and it was a, a paranoia beyond beyond measure and everything else. Never mind that he was right, <laughs> right? Yeah. And and they're they're afraid to rewrite the history to understand him now more in context that he was actually a hero. Was he bombastic? Sure. But that's not why history hates him. History hates him because he purportedly created this paranoia that was not justified. But he was right. He was right. A.K.A. the paranoia was not paranoia because it was justified. Yeah. Because once paranoia is justified, it's no longer paranoia. It's no longer, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but, but conversely, when it comes to um, Walter Cronkite, he's such a hero because... Well, you know, he was the hero. He's the opposite of McCarthy in that sense. His goodness, his perfection echoes through the decades. Yeah, he you know, told why, it like it is. Yeah, <laughs> I, but, but not realizing, you know, as much as you may despise the media as it plays out today with all the different Internet sites and all the Internet uh, news broadcasts and Al Jazeera and Russian t Russia TV and Fox News and CNN and MSNBC, and they're all playing all the time and they're all competing with each other and some of it is, is outlandish and some of it's not. Guess what? That's the way that, that Walter Cronkite was, except that he had a monopoly. Okay? And it was easier for him to lie to you. See, now, if, if RT or Russian TV puts out a, a, a claim of something, it'll be attacked right away because it's false. But when Walter Cronkite lied about the Tedder Offensive, well, no one was there to fight him. And they all followed suit, the other two uh, stations. They, they didn't want to disagree with him. That's the, they were on the same mission. Yeah, and and but they don't want to believe it. They, they they so you see this is what your point, which is the willingness to beguile yourself, to deceive yourself. Yeah, but and but in his days, with your point about the monopoly, it was easier to just go along to get along from a belief standpoint because you had so little contradictory information. Right. You had to wait for William F. Buckley's magazine to come out a month later. With an article about yes. Cronkite being wrong on such and such a date before you even could intellectually have any chance of rebutting right. it. Right. And I, I just thought of this, and it's such an obvious point. Question. Not factoring in a growth of human population, but just looking at the world as a planet inhabited by human beings. And asking yourself... Based on the number of newsworthy things that might have happened in the last 20, in a 24 hour window between yesterday at this time and now, and then take any 24 hour period during Walter Cronkite's tenure at the helm of CBS News. Right. Was there any more or less newsworthy events in a 24 hour window on any given day, that era versus now, that deserved being put into a half-hour broadcast or not. Right. And you see the, the, the natural limitations on the amount of information Walter Cronkite's evening news half-hour show during its era had even the possibility of bringing you. Of course. And a tiny, tiny sliver of sliver of human information. It's not even a half-hour show. It's, it's 20 minutes. 20, 22 minutes with right. commercials. With commercials. <laughs> and, and theme music. <laughs> That's right. And telling you what they're going to talk about. And then wrapping it up and wishing right. you a blessed day. And so, I mean, it's absurd, right? But, but here's the thing. It's like they're so 
they seem to understand today that the modern liberal seems to understand that, well, you know, you can only take with the news uh, with, a, with a grain of salt, especially Fox News, because, you know, they're so on the <laughs> But and they still believe ABC and CNN and, and so on are, are telling the, the truth. But they, they also understand that there's a give and take. They do understand that. But, but when it came to the 60s, somehow they were upstanding the citizens. They were wonderful. They always did the right thing. Forgetting, of course... That human nature is the same. So, so tell me, my liberal friends of today, were, were, was human nature different back then? Were they more perfect back then? Right? And, and if you believe that, then you're a fool. Okay? Then you're just like the fishermen that we talked about, the so-called fishermen in the beginning of this podcast. Yeah, the, the born right. every minute sucker. Right. Or rather the one who, who gets sucked into that. You, you're well, being that's sucked what I mean, into the, yeah. the sucker. The yeah. person who the got sucker. sucked into buying the drink. Right. The, Homeless dude. Because he'll you'll be played all your life long just like that. So you tell me that you think that Walter Cronkite was a, some sort of neutral arbiter of, of uh, you know, news and otherwise. I've got a plot of land of Florida to sell you. Okay? I'm, 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 I'm ready to take your money. And it never because you're floods. a fool. It's not swamp. No yeah, alligators. That's right. Yeah, it's all good. Perfectly buildable. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Never mind that you've never heard of the address. <laughs> never mind that its coordinates actually appear to be in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> it's good land. Okay. And and because I say it in such an avuncular way, right? And I hold my reading glasses seriously because now I'm going to evaluate this seriously. It, it, it just the the amount of power this man had, uh, and because he wanted to make news, and and frankly. You got a half an hour show, and the only the whole country is watching you. Imagine the temptation. It's not even the temptation. You, you're he was CBS News, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so, most powerful network, the Tiffany Network, right? Black Rock. Okay, you know, so, the, so so hold on, hold on. Yeah. So, so imagine. So CBS says to you, Walter, you know we we need uh, really serious news here, and we want you to uh, make sure the ratings go up because it's a business. Don't tell me it's anything but a business. Okay? Right. Um, and it was a business back then, too, my friends. This was not a public service announcement that they did for half an hour. Um, Walter Cronkite was part of that machine. And he was paid by CBS. And his job was not to report the news. His job was to get ratings. And based on that... and. It, it's such a good point, but even even more to the point, it was to sell advertising. Yeah, that's based point. on those ratings. Right. So not only is it to get ratings by bringing people to news. Right. It's he's a greedy whore, according <laughs> to the Bernie Sanders right. kind of Democrats, because all they're interested really is money. Right. Right. Any any station that that sells advertising, well, it must be doing so. It's a business, you know. Look, KRLA. Uh, the, the station that I'm on, I'm very proud to be associated with that station. I like what they, they advertise and such. But at the end of the day, it's a business. And, and they do it right. They, they are, they, their messaging is correct. They are appealing to the conservative base out there. They don't mix it up with liberals and otherwise and, and such like that. They, they know what they're saying. They know what they're doing. And I'm part of that as well. But, and the reason why people listen to it is because they, they hear, um, hopefully, wise conservatism and they, they, the preaching of values that resonates with them. But the, and that's exactly what Walter Cronkite was doing. Don't you think that he was doing that? Don't and and he had he doesn't have an agenda. You, seriously, you really think that? And back to your point, Ari, which is who's more of a fool, the one who the Walter Cronkite or the people that believe him? Yeah, unobjectively. Okay. Yeah. And and the 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 unmitigated gall of the modern Democrat Party to blame an electoral loss 
on fake news, and then have 90% of the stories about the loss themselves be fake news. Right, exactly. Oh, so true. Russian hacking? Russian hacking of your unsecured email server? Yeah. Uh, Russian hacking doing mind control of voters when you won the popular vote, as we said earlier? Uh, these, 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 this... Ele- an, a fake story about an election being stolen and needing recounts when on October 25th, because I remember it, Obama was asked about electoral election fraud, and he said, matter-of-factly, serious electoral fraud is not to be found. Right. Remember that of quote? Course, I, pointed, I, I mean, all <laughs> of me, these things are fake news from them. Let me wrap up along these lines, Ari. You know, we've been talking before about how this this quest for a perfect a perfect uh, arbiter and a perfect uh, mediator of the past. Walter Concrete was an example that we were using, and we this this quest for this this need this impulse for it is so powerful, and in many ways the Democrats' uh, yearning uh, for Hillary Clinton to win is is kind of like that. They they imbued in her. The perfection that they they were hoping to have from Walter Conkite, or that they believe exists, right? Like the Sistine Chapel ceiling, right? right? Exactly right, <laughs> and and that's the way they look back at JFK, yes. isn't it? It's the way they look back at a lot of their RFK, FDR, FDR, and, and everything is so perfect back then. And so and, and the newscasters of the day, they were perfect back then too. They really want to believe this, and and you and I, as as believers in God. Uh, I would say conservatives, but more importantly, as believers in God, we understand the frailty of human nature. We understand that what we're seeing now, as, as ugly as it is in terms of the, the tit-for-tat and news medias and, and uh, people undermining each other each time, this is reality. That's actually better than the perceived perfection and the perceived neutrality, never mind that it wasn't, that it's perceived that Walter Cronkite and others were telling the truth as it is. That's the way it is. Literally, that's the way it is. Okay? And it just ain't, my friend. That's the point. And you are constantly harking back to a time that just never existed. Okay? And it never will exist and never has existed. And that's why, my friends, that's why we judge you for willingly deceiving yourself, for willingly believing yourself, for being the sucker who does indeed believe that fisherman is a fisherman and not just trying to bait you. I'm Brock Leary. We'll talk later.